All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, we have football this week. I know. Are we excited about it, or are we just kind of like, let's let's get it over? (laughs) I I, I was so excited about it, and then I guess like people really were holding on hope that Deshaun Watson was going to be starting. And then the whole vibe of like the entire season already just like sunk down to a level of misery that I honestly, I didn't, I didn't think it could get worse because I just assumed that people knew this wasn't the case. Like anybody listening here should have had a pretty good understanding that I know you were somewhat optimistic and you thought there was a chance, but I mean, I, there was, was no like, reason to think he was going to play. It was that like realistic. Um, if he was going to, if he was going to play this year, I still think that he's playing for the Texans. Like I just, I can't, I can't imagine another team trading for his value at this, at this time. Like just, there's too many things up in the air. Too many things. This is everything from his legal to just, you know, why would you trade him to the Dolphins? You trade him to the Dolphins like you're going to get like a late 20s pick. Like that at this point, that doesn't really make any sense unless you get a really good return on the players, which I mean, none of it, none of it makes sense to trade him right now. None of it. So if he was really this guy that was just this firebrand competitor that was going to do whatever it took to get on the field. The only way he was getting on the field this year was with the Texans. And I thought that maybe as much as we've probably been misled on his personality, like it's been, it's definitely been, um, what's the best way to put it? His personality and his public image have definitely been shaped. Um, and there was a narrative that he was supposed to be fitting into. And this narrative about being this competitor, I thought if nothing else, maybe that was like the true part about it. Like the, he was just this diehard, ruthless competitor. Like that, the type of person that if he was sitting on the bench would absolutely kill him, that he couldn't watch other people play football and not just go nuts. And if he was really that guy, then the only way he's playing this year is with the Texans. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to bring up a tweet that I I thought was a very interesting tweet today and it really made me start to think that you know maybe maybe Nick's playing the long game here but short-sighted rob at short-sighted guy said his theory Texans still love Deshaun NFL won't exempt him so they were doing it this way so Watson still gets his money Cal and Nick use this as an olive branch. Watson gets to hide and still gets paper. Cal gets Watson tolerating him and staying. And they see what happens next year. I mean, maybe. It wouldn't be the strangest thing I've heard. Everything about this situation is so beyond strange. Um, maybe I can't. I couldn't just dismiss it out of hand. But... To burn a roster spot to pay somebody 
$10 million this year, $13 million this year, whatever his salary is this year, which is actually pretty low, all things considering. To be an olive branch? I, no, that's, that's petty going both directions. Explain. That's, they're not going to take a low ball offer. Like, that still just burns me up. Like, that's what, that's what Deshaun wanted, was to force the Texans into the situation where they had to take a low ball offer. Because he knows that if he gets traded for full value, that team's gutted. He's essentially going from a situation that he would have here at the Texans to another team because they're going to gut everything around him. Like the only point at that making that move at that time is for him to get away from ownership. And let's be honest, like with all this drama, do you really think another owner in the NFL is going to treat Deshaun the way that he thinks he should be treated. Deshaun thinks that he should be treated. Um, I don't think, I don't think Watson's done anything to warrant having any respect uh, thrown his way by an NFL owner. If I'm just being completely honest, right? I mean, the you know, you have to think as an owner, even of the 31 other teams, the way that Deshaun and his camp, and the way that they use the media, and the things that were being said, um, you know, for for eight months, you know, after signing, you know, a life-changing contract, you know, a year ago to the day almost, um, I, I don't know why any owner would feel comfortable showing him any respect after the way that he's acted. I just... That's not the way old people are very, not old people, but older people are, they, they're a different generation. They have a different mentality. They're of the show respect to get respect, right? They're billionaires. They, they're on a different level of money that Deshaun will likely never see in his lifetime. Right. I, I don't think there's any owner that's going to say you deserve respect on top of that, if you really take into consideration what Deshaun Watson has done in this league, it's minimal. It's minimal. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't, no, he hasn't that... really he hasn't accomplished anything, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you take everything into consideration, yes, he's shown a lot of promise. And he's put up like a top four QBR in the past five years. Like, so he's shown promise, but what matters at the end of the day? How does he, has he won? And at this point you've said it and you, and I have actually come around to this, this belief quarterbacks that are supposedly Deshaun's on their same level have done more with less than the Texans teams that he's been on. Yep. I mean, you take two years ago before they traded hop that team comparatively it was loaded like they solid receivers all around everywhere they didn't they their defensive scheming had some issues and part of that was how they played jj but just compared to some of the teams that andrew luck took to the afc championship or or aaron yeah. Rodgers took the AFC, afc champ or nfc championship like that team had a lot of talent like there was top tier talent on it now there was injury lux there was like injury, bad luck, and there was other factors involved. Like I'm not blaming this all at Deshaun, but that situation wasn't that bad. Like this wasn't a bottom five team without him. 
this year's team is a bottom five team without him, but previous teams were not. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make an argument. You know, if you look at, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, um, I'm sure there's more, but Andrew Luck, like the year that Andrew Luck took them to the playoffs, like that team had literally, that was the first year of the rebuild with Chris Ballard. And I mean, they had, they, they didn't have much talent anywhere. Um, it was, it was basically T.Y. and Andrew Luck. Um, look at what Russell Wilson has, you know, had his entire time there. Yeah. He won a Super Bowl, you know, with a great defense Legion of Boom. But outside of that, I mean, once Legion of Boom kind of was dismantled, I mean, they're still always in it. They're still always there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the 2019-2018 Texans definitely were not badly built teams. They were just poorly coached, which we've also seen great quarterbacks overcome as well. Yeah, and I mean, this isn't a trash Deshaun. I don't want anybody to think that. I'm just saying that I'm agree- I've come around to agreeing with you on his body of work. Like, it's just not there yet. It's just yeah. not there. He doesn't have an elite body of work to right. command what he's commanding from ownership. And maybe, and Cal probably did put his foot in his mouth. But do you think any other owner in the league would even put themselves in a situation where they could put their foot in the mouth? Like, he's not going to go to another team and have that sort of pool. And that's, and that was before all the, all the allegations. I mean, just how I, I'd like to close it, like you nailed it. What he, if he wants to play, if he's really that competitor and he really wants to play, what he, he needs to do is he just needs to apologize and just say, hey, do the olive branch that Ertz did, the olive branch that Aaron Rodgers did. It's like, you know what? We're just going to get through this season. We're going to play ball. And then end of the season, reassess. And Deshaun doesn't even look like he's going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I said this is where the Deshaun stuff will end, but I, I think I said six weeks ago, like if you really want to have an opportunity to come out and you know try to somewhat fix it, he has to apologize and own it. I mean, it's the first step of recovery for almost anything that you do in life. Just own it. Don't talk about the cases because you really can't, anyways. Apologize for the way that you acted in an immature manner, um, and then just move on. That's it. Um, but he has, he just has the wrong people around him. Uh, You know, to me, I think that Deshaun acts as if he's the LeBron James of the NFL. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. I mean, you're definitely not the LeBron James of the NFL. I don't know if he ever will be. That's a very big, that's that's a huge shoe to fill. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It's just, he's just not there. And I would say just my, I I know I said my last comment was going to be my last comment, but this is my absolute last comment. He comes out, he apologizes, he plays. It does not matter. There are people that are going to ride and die for him. There's still, I'm amazed at how many people, how many apologists he has out there on Twitter currently when he's done nothing to really earn that from them other than being a good football player. Now, if he came out, showed showed a little bit of humility, said, hey, I just want to go out there and play. Forget everything else. I just want to go out there and play. He would win over half the city in a heartbeat. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then another thing, and, and <laughs> this right here. I mean, he's 100% right. If he wants out so mm-hmm. bad, drop the trade clause. If it's that bad, drop the trade clause. If it's not about going to Miami, drop the trade clause. That's no, it. he's he's trying to hold on to that trade clause because he thinks he'll be able to what, have his cake and eat it too. Like he thinks that he's going to be able to force the trade to one or two teams and not and that, that team will all of a sudden have more leverage. Yeah, I agree. All right, en- enough with Deshaun. Uh, and, and no, uh, unfortunately, Adnan, uh, there is no Chicago in my future as the position is remote. So I will be staying locally. Um, but I appreciate all the stuff you sent me, man. Thank you. Um, all right. So, yeah, there's, there seems to be no reason to be excited about football. Um, nobody, everybody thinks that this team is just trash. And it, they might be. They, they might be. They might be. They might be pure trash. It's kind of hard to feel excited about an older team. I think they're what this, they're the oldest team in the league, right? They are the fourth oldest, Second, yeah, fourth. and then they have the oldest offense overall. And that was before they signed Danny Amendola yeah. today. So they they may now be the oldest. Like he's thirty five, so that pushes the average age up. Yeah, you know, uh, I guess let's talk about Amendola real quick, um, and then we'll talk about Charlie Heck. So uh, Danny Amendola signed a one-year $2.5 million deal today. Um, we haven't seen the corresponding roster move um, for him yet. I'm, I'm, I I haven't. Is that accurate? I don't think he's made one yet. He has not. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see a move tomorrow. Um, I almost wonder – with Heck being on the COVID reserve, I wonder if that made it to where he could just be on the active roster without a move being needing to be made. I think so. I think that's, I think yeah. that's where we're at. Yeah. So, um, so with that happening, so they signed Danny Amendola. So there are now six wide receivers, five, if you take out Andre Roberts, um, you know, how do I feel about the signing? I don't know. Um, I mean, and Amendola isn't a guy that is going to change the the roster to a level where I, I feel more optimistic about it. But I mean, he's he's definitely a vet who I think he had like 600 yards or something like that the last mm-hmm. two seasons. Uh, he had 600 know. yards, and then he averages like over seven yards a catch. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's he's solid. Like, I, I, my comment back to Pat Storm is I'm kind of indifferent on it. Like, he's definitely the best receiver that's still available. Like, there wasn't a better player right now, but because of his age, there's just no upside. He is what he is. Like, you're not signing him for a long term. You're getting for a year or two if you want to keep him around. So it's just – it's one of those things that if we were trying to be competitive this year, then yeah, then it's a great, it's a solid signing. Like it's what we should have signed to Randall Cobb for last year, but oh, 13.7 yards per catch last year, which is, I mean, that's pretty good. Um, so again, if we were trying to win this year, like we're a playoff team or a bubble team, perfect sense, but for where we're really at, is it like, do the Texans believe that we're seriously going to compete for a division, do they seriously think that we're going to be a wild card team? Because that's another one of those signings that seems to say that they actually think that. I mean, I think they do believe that. Um, I, I I don't think that they have a 
I don't think it's to the point to where most of us are in the sense of, you know, we don't think that the team is going to be super competitive, competitive. I think that they, they think that they can win enough games with this roster to at least be entertaining. And, you know, at the end of the day, that is their goal. You know, their, their goal is to form the most competitive team possible. Um, you know, I don't think that they're in tank mode. Uh, they're not. Because <laughs> if they were in tank mode, they, they wouldn't be doing all the things that they, they're doing. They would have signed a bunch of you uh, un, undrafted free agents. You know, they would have signed, you know, a bunch of, you know, young talent. We claimed a bunch of uh, young talent on waivers. Um, but it, it's almost the opposite of what they've been doing. So they're trying to form the most competitive team out there. You know, is it going to matter? I, you know, I, I don't think in the NFL you can – what, I think the Browns basically tanked and, and finally started to get it together. But outside of that, I haven't seen the tanking recipe actually work in the NFL outside of the Browns. Um, not only that, I, that's a very hard sell for a roster in the NFL. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the average NFL – career is what three and a half years yeah oh yeah so so i mean they're not going to want to waste one of those years tanking so it's just i think that they're just trying to take nick's trying to take the mess that he was handed i mean let's just let's be honest i i just put this tweet out like last i don't know last week and i i didn't expect it to get a, a bunch of traffic but i mean nick was really handed like the biggest pile of shit possible Possible. I mean, there's not a bigger pile of shit in the NFL right now than the Houston Texans when it comes to roster, uh, drama, coach, you know, new coach, just everything. Jack Easterby, if you just add all of the stories that you guys have heard over the last 13 months, 14 months, I mean, this is not a job that most people are going to look at and say, oh, yeah, I really want to take that job and I really want to, I want to, I want to dig in my boots and you know build this roster from you know top to bottom um but he's doing what he can um and i think that's the problem that people have is he's doing what he can and and that's not enough that's not what they that's not what they wanted they they want an instant team that's going to compete well if you want that then you need to go tag deshaun watson and tell him that the reason why we're not competing is because of you because there's no other team. I I don't know another team in the NFL history that has had a top five quarterback in his prime, just not play, not play, not threatens of a holdout, not you know trade me and gets traded. I mean, literally just didn't play. It's it's just unreal. It it's is unreal. just absolutely real, unreal. Everything around this whole situation is unreal, and yeah, to go. Like this team with Deshaun, if he was focused and wanted to play football, this team this year would definitely be better than last year's. Like no yeah, doubt, I easily. Agree. This team, they've got enough pieces on it that they, with Deshaun, I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders, but they, I mean, they're they're still they're a team that would be able to get in the playoffs and be dangerous. Now, what Casario has done which, I mean, what, what do you do in the NFL? He's built for this year. That's what he's continued to do. He's built for this year. And he's made a team that's 
going to be annoyingly competitive. It's going to be probably more entertaining this way. We may not yeah. win many games, but we're probably not going to get blown out of a lot. Like it's not going to be one of those Browns or Lions seasons where you just get dragged week after week after week. Like they're going to go out there and they're going to be feisty. I don't know how many wins that's going to translate into. And more people are probably going to end up watching and, and get excited about the team and more excited for next year because they're not going to be a dumpster diver team. But the problem is how do you get a quarterback? How do you get a quarterback? And I mean, part of finding a quarterback is lucking into it. Let's be honest. Like even you look at some of these teams, um, I think that which rebuild did they show? Um, Shoot. I'm, I'm blanking on it, but a team, the Ra- uh, the Raiders rebuild when they had five first round picks over two years and two of them are still like on the roster. So like it, it does, first round picks don't really matter. Like you don't necessarily find who you're looking for for first round pick. Yes. There's a higher, higher chance that the players are going to be good, but you have to have a quality staff. You have to have a quality coaching staff. You have to have quality people that can actually identify players. And then you got to bring them in and develop them. So First round picks in of themselves don't matter. It's what can you do with those picks? And the thing about Casario is I trust him now more with first round picks than if he did go into tank mode. Yeah. As strange as that sounds, like he's going to go out there. He is going to compete. He wants to win. It's not just about accumulating assets to him. He wants to put a quality product out on the field. Yeah, And while we probably won't get the picks that we really need to get a, a quarterback, I think that he'll end up doing a better job finding the talent that's out there. Now, the other thing that we need to kind of bring up is watching these college football quarterbacks this weekend. Do you think the Texans actually won any of those guys? I mean, it's week one off of a strange college football season last year. Uh, and then just a weird year, uh, you know, weird off season in, in the sense from, you know, with the Delta variant and everything else. So, you know, I, I'm not going to put any stock into what the quarterbacks did this last weekend. Um, also, I don't watch college football until the off season, so I, I didn't see any of the individual performances. I just saw that um, everything on Twitter and what people were saying, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's you can usually tell like what quarterbacks have the traits to play in the NFL. And Rattler and Howell, neither one of them looked great. Um, they they looked terrible. (laughs) I uh, they they looked really bad. And you can usually tell when somebody's gonna hop out and they're gonna be a top level pick. And neither one of those guys screamed it. Um, I'm now convinced Howell will be Trubisky all over again. Um, I might be on the Malik Willis train because, I mean, he looked good. Granted, he hasn't played anybody. Yeah. But I can think maybe when you look at the moves that the Texans have made from drafting Davis Mills, Tyrod Taylor, to even how they've kind of approached the trade market, I don't think that they're in love with any of these quarterbacks this year. That they, even if they had, the first overall pick, I don't think that they necessarily would have gone after one of these 
one of these guys. I would agree. I would agree. I, I don't. I don't know if you really want to take a quarterback. You know, depending on what the roster looks like next year, I don't. I don't know if this is the year that you want to take another quarterback. Um, I, I think the the recipe for success, in my opinion, when it comes to building an NFL team, is you know you build the roster and then and then draft the quarterback. Um, I know a lot of times it's you know have the rookie contract the five the five years you know, with the fifth year option, that's when you start to spend in free agency and unload and do all that. But I'd rather have a current stable, like kind of like what the Colts have done in the sense, draft your guys, get to a point to where you can take care of them. And then when you do land a quarterback, you're, you're ready to compete at all phases instead of relying on the quarterback to be the reason why you're being competitive. And then you, you know, you lose in, you know, the divisional round. I'd rather have a full team. I know that's not the, the way of the NFL right now, but, um, I don't know if you want to take a quarterback next year either. I mean, you take a quarterback until you hit on a quarterback. So if there's a guy in the second round or, you know, a guy that falls in the first and you take him, but I, I don't want to go into next off season with the top five, top 10 pick and say, this is our quarterback where we've identified him. This is who we're going to go with. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, if you can get him, do it. If you think he's your guy, you, you know, there's not a lot of chances to be able to grab the quarterback. So, so do it. But um, I'd prefer to, you know, build the rest of the team. No, I, I, I think that you kind of nailed it. It's kind of like a little bit of a mixture. Like, look at Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. Part of the reason that he got, that he became Patrick Mahomes is there's a, there was a lot of talent on that Kansas City team. Not necessarily all around. Like, they had defensive problems. But their offense, there was a lot of talent. Um, they had already gone out and gotten Tyree killed. They already had Travis Kelsey. They had a very good offensive line. Um, and they brought him at, or, and I mean, and they just brought him into a situation. He got to sit behind, uh, he got to sit behind Alex Smith for a year and he got to develop. Now we've had the argument before. If you drop Deshaun in that same situation, are we talking about Deshaun? Like we talk about Patrick Mahomes quite possibly. And that's not just coaching. That's the talent around him. They, they developed a team, essentially easy mode for a quarterback to come in. And then they got a guy that could make throws that nobody else could. But I, maybe that's the best, maybe that's kind of like the best way. Like you build up your offense to support a quarterback. And then you just, you take a quarterback whenever you can. Um, if you get them 15th, you get them 15th or whatnot. Maybe you luck into them, but you look for the guy that can make the throws that has spatial awareness and that can make throws and forget about everything else. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I wonder what the plan is with, with Deshaun. And maybe, maybe Pat can chime in here, but I would assume he'll be inactive for the first four weeks. And then they'll either keep him inactive and he won't file a grievance or he'll be on the roster and then be at the games. I mean, what, what is, I, I wonder what's going to happen. Cause that, that's going to be the speculation. That's going to be the talk every week. You know, correct. What Pat, he's going to be inactive for four weeks and then he'll be active and just there at the games, or he's going to be a, a healthy and active every week. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Okay. If that's the case, then that makes sense. Um, all right. I mean, Jaguars Sunday. 
Like, what a if there's any game that we should win, right? It's Dude, the Jaguars are a hot mess. I mean, I think I think so too. I I could be wrong. Like sometimes teams come look at come through the preseason and they just look awful. And then they get to the regular season and they put it all together. But Urban Meyer looks like he's just in over his head. Yeah. I, I just I, – I, I, we should be able to win this game. We should be able to. The Texans, they – I mean, other than the quarterback position, they probably have just as much talent. They definitely have more experience than the Jaguars. Oh, man, that is painful to say. Um, cause it's so true. Cause they, pro- they have more experience than everybody else out there. But other than Trevor Lawrence, like what do the Jaguars really have? Like the Jaguars two years ago when they had that loaded defense and they had all those receivers, you drop Lawrence into that team, that team's terrifying, but because of the way they manage their cap, they, they just lost all of their talent. Like they had to get they jettisoned so many different players. Like they just don't have anybody anymore. Like there's legitimately a reason why they had the number one pick and they turned around and got a quarterback and then they're going to turn around and they're going to have that quarterback start from day one. Like this is a team that doesn't have a lot of talent. Yeah. I just, you know, will Trevor Lawrence be great? I don't know. Um, Quarterbacks end up being great when they go to great organizations. Um, you know, the last great quarterback that went to a terrible situation but still ended up having a successful, I guess, career would probably be Matt Stafford, right? I'm trying to think of anybody else that maybe, you know, because if, if everybody goes back to when Matthew Stafford was, um, when, when he was drafted, I mean, he was the guy. I mean, this, coming into the draft, Matthew Stafford was the quarterback that any team that needed a quarterback would have taken over anybody else in that draft. Right? Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, and then he goes, he, he's in Detroit and in a terrible organization that doesn't know how to surround yep. their, their guy with talent and coaching staff. That yeah, it was him and Calvin Johnson and, and nobody else. Yeah, like and, the Lions had two players that you just absolutely couldn't miss on. Like you weren't missing on Matt Stafford, you weren't missing on Calvin Johnson, but anything else they missed on. Yeah, and I, I, I honestly believe that that's the ceiling for Trevor Lawrence. I just, and it has nothing to do with his talent. I, I don't, I don't necessarily deem him the next best thing since, since Andrew Luck. I know that's the phrase around him since coming in he was the most nfl ready quarterback prospect but that doesn't mean he's nfl ready it means he was ready for a prospect as a prospect like yeah he has the physical ability he still has issues um he still has issues reading defenses but he was just so physically gifted it didn't matter and i mean we we will we will see i mean he doesn't have a whole lot of talent around him which is also awkward to say because the Texans don't have a whole lot of awkward behind them, but or a whole lot of talent on on the entire roster. But I also think that Urban Meyer is not a great coach. I agree. I agree. I, I, I think the Urban Meyer hire is going to uh, 
it's going to come back to bite them in the ass. To be honest with you, uh, I, I think it was a, a it was a hire. If if there was a hire that was specifically to try to get the fan base excited, it was Urban Meyer. Yeah, and I don't I don't blame the Jaguars for hiring Urban Meyer, like, but I just. Urban Meyer was never an X's and O's guy. He was good at identifying assistant coaches in the NF- or in the in college football, and he was good at identifying well, like what type of schemes to bring in. But he never it wasn't his scheme. Like he didn't come up or draw the X's and O's. So, I just think it's similar to Dabo Sweeney. Like Dabo Sweeney is a great college coach. He will not do well in the NFL. That's. Yeah. That's Urban Meyer. Yeah, and and I I just think with that organization and what we've seen from them since Shad Khan has honestly since really the team has you know been around outside of their one Super Bowl appearance, um, right? Yeah, they made the Super Bowl, AFC right? Championship. No, AFC, no, they've no. made two two AFC championships. Was it two, yeah. Early on, early earlier, I thought it was like year three or four. Or is that Carolina? He, no. Carolina's made two Super two, right? Bowls. Yeah. Okay. The Jaguars have go. made two AFC championships. That's it. Um, they just don't have stability anywhere within the organization to think that drafting Trevor Lawrence is going to kind of be the savior of the franchise. They just don't do anything right. Ever. And so I, I don't – I think Trevor Lawrence – like I said, I don't think Trevor Lawrence will make it through his rookie contract on the Jags. I, I, I think he'll end up being on another team before his rookie contract is over. Um, oh, wow. Anyways, and then when you look at the rest of the roster, it's not very good. Um, offensive line is average. Defensive line, they have some young guys. But last year, they didn't really put anything on, you know, they didn't fill up the stat sheet. They didn't have a much of a pass rush. Cornerbacks, they were already talking about trading C.J. Henderson. Um, outside of their linebackers, what, Miles Jack? Yeah. I don't know. There's just nothing about this team that's scary to me. I mean, the... Probably their best player on offense was Jamie Robinson, who was an undrafted running back that they literally lucked into. Yeah. That they didn't know they still don't know what to do with him. They lucked into him because their starting running back, um, uh, Armstead, got COVID and he's still struggling from the after effects of COVID. And that's the only reason Jamie Robinson got the chance that he did. And of course, you know, being the Jaguars, they go out and draft another running back in the first round and spend a whole bunch of money on running backs and and free agency um, instead of you know other positions of need when they have a, a young running back that looks like he's going to be pretty good. So again, it's just this it's this weird organization that I honestly believe Casario's done a better job with the Texans than whomever is the GM in Jacksonville. Like, honestly, I do. If Casario had the first pick and we had Trevor Lawrence, our team would be, the Texans would be significantly better than what the Jaguars are. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just so when I look at the matchup, I know Tyrod Taylor was named the starting quarterback. Um, and I got everybody up in arms as if we paid him twelve point five million to not be the starting quarterback. Um so I mean it was pretty much known in March Tyrod Taylor was gonna be the starting quarterback. But uh you know, I I think I, I think it can be a I don't know, average might be too strong. I don't think that the offense for the Texans in 2021 is going to be bottom tier from a production standpoint with Tyrod at quarterback. I think they can be, you know, 22, 23, maybe 20. I think the run game is going to be a lot better. Uh, I think the tight ends will get a lot more usage. You're not going to see a lot of shots downfield. We've been talking about it since Tyrod was signed. But I think he can be efficient. I mean, it's the same guy who took the Bills to the playoffs. Yeah, but they had a great, great defense. They did have a great defense. Like they had they a didn't. great defense. Yeah, they did have a great defense. But still, I mean, I don't know. Who were his weapons? Well, John, where'd you go? Um, when you think about Tyrod's weapons in Buffalo, I don't know if – Yeah, Sammy, was... Sammy Watkins. Did they yeah. still have – and they had LaShawn McCoy at that point, I believe. Yeah, like Tyrod, uh, as Tyrod is not a horrible quarterback, but he is a reflection of what he has. Like he's not going to make the team better. I stand by my absolute statement on when we signed him, when we expected him to be the quarterback. He would be the best back backup quarterback in the NFL. Like if he was the number two quarterback then you're happy with your quarterback situation. Him as a starter, he's going to be safe. He's going to be conservative. He's going to throw it maybe 18 18 to 20 times a game, which is going to drive all of us insane, especially since Tim Kelly really hasn't shown the ability to scheme up a running game. So it's going to be frustrating, but they're not going to turn the ball over a bunch. And they're probably not going to score a whole bunch of points, but they should hold on to the ball and control the clock so the games just won't be high scoring. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see us lighting the offensive scoreboard on fire. You know, if we scored 30, uh, if we scored above 30 one time this season, I would think that that means that the defense had a, a pretty crazy day on turnovers, and that's about it. But I, I would think that we'll maybe average anywhere from – I don't know, 19 to 22, 23 points maybe this year. Yeah, I mean, if we break 20 points a game, then we'll actually be ecstatic. Um, It wasn't too long ago where we, granted, we had a much, much better defense where it's like if we consistently scored 20 points a game, we were going to be one of the top teams in the AFC. It's only a couple of years ago, y'all. Remember before, the before times? Times were better. But, um, but our defense isn't on that level yet. Um, and we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Like, I'm more excited. It's strange because when they first announced all the coaching, the coaching changes. And when you watch the offense over the offseason, like, the offense seemed like they would be the more exciting part of the ball to watch. Yeah. But after watching the preseason, Far and away the defense. 
like we're going to get gashed by quarterbacks that can make quick, quick, accurate throws and just attack that seam. But there's not, there's maybe 10 quarterbacks in the league that can actually do that consistently. Um, and like three that can do it like Tom Brady. So, so I mean, yeah, that just puts us almost exactly where we expect to be middle of the pack, bottom middle of the pack, not the absolute worst, not competing with the top tier teams, but not being just dog awful. So what are your expectations for the game? For this game against the Jaguars? Yeah. Yeah, we should beat the Jaguars. Like it should be 20 something on our end, 21, 20, 21 to 24 points. Jaguars anywhere from 10 to 14. I think that uh, – sorry, answering the email. Um, I think that uh, – I think it will be a boring game. I don't think it will be a game that fans are super excited about. I'll, I'll be there in stadium. I don't think it's going to be anything that – I think there's going to be a lot of mixed emotions um, uh, at NRG on Sunday. Uh, you know, this will be the first time where I don't think they'll be able to announce a, a sellout crowd. Um. There's going to be a lot of, of people in there that are upset. They're confused. They don't understand how we got here. And then there's going to be some fans that are there that it, this is just what they do on a Sunday. It's not about the fandom like it is here on this chat or, or on this YouTube channel or on the podcast. It's really more of something for them to do on Sundays. You know, they're not listening to 610 all week. It's it's just what they do. It's a tax write-off, things of that nature. Um, I don't think the building's going to be very electric. I, I think it's going to be just kind of a, hey, we're here type of situation. Oh, definitely. And I, th- I, I do think that I do think the Texans win, though. I think I, I think we can put 21-22 on the Jags. I think the defense can can hold down Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Bradley Roby being out is the only concern for me, um, just because we don't know what else to expect from any of those other corners. So we should have a lot of answers about the cornerback situation after Sunday. Yeah. And I think it's going to be one of those grinded out games where there's not a lot of excitement from the offensive side of the ball. I think we'll see more excitement from the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I do see them getting gashed a couple of times. I mean, DJ Shark is better than any corner that we have that's going to go up yeah. against them, which kind of scares me, and, but nobody else they have is on that level. And it's just going to be one of those games that they'll scare us a little bit at the beginning. Towards the end of the game, we'll pull away. We'll probably, Hopefully we'll get a turnover or two. And it's still the Jaguars. They're still going to be a very bad team. I just think that, I don't know. It's so hard to get excited about this game. Not because we're playing the Jaguars, but more because of the fact that it's really going to set in that we don't have a quarterback on Sunday. Yeah. That's that's gonna be the hardest part to watch. That's gonna be a part that you just like, wow. 
we we little we literally went from at least like I, I swear even last year all, all we kept saying was well at least we have Deshaun Watson to watch. At least we have Deshaun Watson to watch, right? Even after losses and all that stuff, it was we still had Deshaun Watson to watch. Now we don't have that. It's like there's literally, you know, there's no hope for the season. We we yeah. know we we know we know we're not likely to make the playoffs. We know that, you know, we're gonna probably not be competitive in a lot of games. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that they show up and it, it's a different outcome. But I hope I hope this Josh guy is, is right because I would love for Tyrod to finally have a full season at quarterback without somebody behind him and he can just play, play loose. I think that would be awesome. Tyrod has potential. He always did. Yeah, I mean, I like Tyrod. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's – but you're right. Like, we got a couple of years of Deshaun where Deshaun had this potential to just be absolutely special. Yeah. And you could watch every week, and he could potentially just do something you'd never seen before. Like, that was that was fun. Like, this was a guy that – we just kept waiting for it, everything around him to kind of just click. And we were going to have our quarterback for the first time in Houston history. We were going to have a quarterback. Yeah. Um, first time since Warren Min. And I mean, none of us are old enough to really remember Warren Min. So that was, am- that was amazing. And now with all the type of roster moves that they've, they've done, having this older team, like it's, it's weird because no one wants to tank, but at least you're watching young talent and you're, you, you have hope there. Like you got people you can get excited for. These guys are going to be exactly what they are. Like when you watch this team, it'll be hard to project for 20, 20, uh, 2022. Like this isn't a young roster that's going to get better. Like a lot of these players, like the ones that have good years, they may get re-signed, but they're not going to have a better year next year. This is – it's weird to watch a team that you're not going to have a chance to see really grow because they're trying to build – they're just trying to build a foundation for, for, the, for the younger guys that will eventually come in, but we don't have any younger guys right now to get super excited about. And that's what's tough. Yeah. I, I, like, I, yeah, I, ser- uh, like <laughs> this is almost a joke, but Derek Silva's – us Texans fans are going to be most excited when Scotty gets playing time. And this, that's, that's not a, that's not a joke. And it's Scotty's a, an ab- probably average to above average NFL replacement level player. Like he's not going to be a star. Like he, he's not, but he'll probably will be a solid running back that definitely belongs on an NFL roster. And that's what we're going to get excited about. Yeah. All right. So outcome. Texans win? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If the Texans lose to this Jaguars team on next Tuesday, will be the most miserable podcast I ever do. It's going to be. That's, a, that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah. I If we lose to the Jags, that, the, the tone for the rest of the season is pretty much going to be set at that point because I don't really know what else you have to be 
super excited about. I mean, you should be able to beat this Jags team. And there's a couple other teams on the schedule that you should be able to beat. And there are some games that you should be competitive in. But, I mean, I think overall we all have a sense of what the expectation actually is for this team. Take away, like, the how many wins and how many losses aspect of it. We do know that this team isn't going to make the playoffs. Right? Is that fair? Yeah. No. If this team makes the playoffs, like, I don't know whether or not to be upset or excited about that. Like, if this team actually pulls it off somehow. Yeah. Brevin Jordan's another name to watch. That, that should be a, a possible fun guy to, to watch. The tight ends, I think, are going to be fun to watch in general just because they're finally going to get some utilization. I mean, they uh, have to. <laughs> yeah. We've got four receivers. Well, I guess we have five now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I look at the power, like the, there was a power rankings tweet put out today, and we were 32nd. And yeah, we're not that bad. I, I don't think that we're I, – I, I, they had the Eagles up – above us by like five i think we're better than the eagles i think we're better than the jets i think we're better than i don't know the jags maybe if if their if their shit gets right and urban ends up being the right hire they might end up having more wins than us um uh the giants i think we'll be better than the giants i think they had them ranked at like number 21 or 22 today um Bengals, I don't know. I think you're, I like Joey Burrow, so maybe. But I don't know. I just don't think we're the 32nd ranked team. No, we're not. Like, I, I, I still think that we're like we're we're in the low 20s. Like, we're not going to be the worst team out there on the field every single week. We shouldn't be. There's too much experience on this team. There's too many proven NFL level guys. The problem is there's not a lot of potential for this team. Whatever we see this year without an influx of young talent is exactly what we have. Like that's the biggest problem. Like it is, the team is going to be literally what it is. Like, so that's what make that's going to, that's gonna, That's what's going to make this year hard to watch. Like there's just, you've got Brevin Jordan, you've got, um, maybe Jacob Martin, maybe uh, Nico Collins. Nico, like, Nico's definitely yeah. one. Nico's I mean, there's, definitely a player to watch this year. There's like six guys maybe total, and that could possibly get excited to watch. Maybe six, right? Like, still want to see what Grindelhard turns in. Still want to see what Blacklock turns into. Yeah. Um, I want to see Omenahue. Yeah. So Jacob Martin, yeah, for sure. But even these guys that we're talking, like none of them are we expecting like superstardom for. Like these aren't guys Nico, that are I am. Be... Nico? I think uh, he has I hope so. Potential. I really do. I hope so. Like, don't get me wrong, I hope so, but that's like that's not the expectation. That's not the buzz around them. That's not what we're the most fans are looking forward to like you're sure. we're not sitting here watching these guys turning to like pro or not maybe a couple of them will turn into pro bowlers but like an all pro nico maybe okay maybe nico and who else has yes. that ceiling 
Davis Maybe. Mills. <laughs> Maybe. Cross our fingers, dude. If, if Davis Maybe. Mills turns into a pro quarterback, then we are absolutely set. Where but, do you think the, where do you think the team has to be record wise for Davis Mills to get the start? I don't know. I think there's so many more factors that go into this after watching his preseason tape. Um, he's just he's going to get a chance to play this year because Tyrod's going to get hurt. Tyrod always gets hurt. Um, I don't know if there's a record that would force a healthy Tyrod to sit because I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to kind of take care of itself. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, I, I expect the Texans to win Sunday against the Jags. I'll be there. If you guys want to um, grab a beer or tailgate, I can't drink much because I will be with my nine-year-old son. But if you guys just want to say what's up, uh, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Uh, send me an email. But um, yeah, I think yeah. That's really I mean, this guy James Harden, three-time Defoy. I, I, with that name, I don't know if he's being sarcastic or not, but I mean, he's right. There's a lot of players on our team that could be great pieces. Yep. Pieces, but they're not cornerstones. Again, if we had these pieces around teams that had Hopkins on them, that had Watt on them, like, we're, that's a whole nother level of excitement. Like, our base, take because we have no stars anymore. So if you just look at like the bottom end of the roster, like this roster is so much better than anything we've had in the past couple of years. The problem is we just don't have the high end talent to go with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you need, like these guys all signed one year deals. So the fact that like, like we can't even expect them to be superstars, but we can expect them to be very good players. And if another one is Philip Lindsay, that he just seems to not ever be talked about at all. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Scotty Phillips is, is a fan favorite, but um, I mean, Philip Lindsay definitely could be an, another piece. So with him and Desmond King and, you know, Anthony Miller cannon, you know, cannon could be a guard for us for the next four or five years. Um Desmond King could be our slot corner for the next four or five years if he has a great year and we sign up to an extension. I, th- I do think that there are a lot of things to look at that are going to give us glimpses into the future this season. And I think that's really kind of how you have to approach this season is like look for guys that were signed to one to two year deals that came in, put in the work and look better in this defense or in this offense and are guys that you can sign midseason to compete next year. I agree. I, I I do think Cooks <laughs> will have another thousand yard season. So I don't know. I also think that like at at the trade at the trade deadline, there's gonna be a lot of players that the Texans can kind of wheel and deal, um, and get some draft value for. Yeah, Brand, oh, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Cooks being one of them. I think that uh, there's been more movement in the years past at the NFL trade deadline. So I think, I think there's some potential there to have something interesting with that going on. Um, again, there's solid pieces on this team, but let's be real. Like, like marquee players, star talent that it's just, it's not there. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Like 
I would love at the end of the year for you to be making fun of me because somebody became a Pro Bowl star that NFL Network can't stop talking about. But James, are are you muted on purpose? Oh nope, I'm not. Texans Tears uh, says Cooks, Cunningham, and Akins are three guys that he would he could see being moved. I agree 100. Um, percent Those are three guys that could easily be moved. Cooks would be you know a decent chunk of change off the books. Cunningham get out of that contract, and then Akins if he puts it together and his talent is and is targeted, um, definitely could be for a playoff team a very good. Um, what is it? Why tight end? No, why is blocking, right? Right. He, uh, flex, tight end. Yeah, but there's a letter for him. I know. It's like Z. Z like or, or X Z. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um, but yeah, for sure. I, I do think that those guys can miss. And then um, Abram had a, had a question. Top selling Houston Texans jersey this year is, make your prediction, John, who is the top selling Houston Texans jersey this year? Oh, Tunsil's another guy I would keep an eye on getting moved at the trade deadline. Maybe Reed. Justin Reed in his final yeah. year of a contract contract here? Maybe because he's the uh, one guy everybody knows. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I'm going to go Nico. Nico? Okay. Future guy, pretty much guaranteed to be here at least four years. Lonnie is a good one. Lonnie's a good one. Well, Lonnie also has number one, so that's kind of a cheat. <laughs> I mean, but at the end of the day. You know, days, if you're going to market yourself to get the uh, top-selling jersey, yeah, go with the number one. So, yeah, Lonnie might. Um, that's about it. Jacob Martin, maybe, I, but I if think, he has a crazy start to the year. A lot of Johnson jerseys. Huh. I mean... Maybe Cooks, because he's probably going to be the end up being the star of the franchise once people realize that he's the only one catching passes. Uh, no, he, it, that, that won't be true. Other players will be catching passes. We just don't know who they are yet at this point. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, guys, you, we have an exciting week. We have football here Thursday's first game of the NFL season, which is awesome. Um, then our, our Texans play Sunday at 12 o'clock in Houston against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, again, if you guys are there, let me know. Look forward to seeing you guys. Um, outside of that, uh, Shang-Chi. Anybody watch Shang-Chi? Anybody in the stream or anybody on the podcast watch Shang-Chi yet? If not, you guys are missing out on a very, very, very good Marvel, standalone Marvel movie. Very good movie. Um, what else happened? It was so good. You're right, Paul. It was so good. Uh, Drake dropped a, another boring album. Um, <laughs> dropped the same album that he drops every two years. Um, anything else? Anything else going on in the world? I've got a question. When did it get so hard to get, um, like, to get like Jordans or like to get Nike shoes? Like, eleven. When did ago. this? When did the scarcity thing really become really take off? Like, I. Two years ago, th yeah, two, three years ago, like I was able to get like those little Jordans for, for Jack, like, you know, the little baby Jordans. 
Like even those sell out as soon as they are posted online now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just. Like, I feel like an old, I feel like an old man over here, but it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like they put a pair of shoes on the, uh, the website. If you don't buy them right then and there, by the end of the day, they're gone. By the end of the day, all the shoes I want are gone. Probably gone instantly. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're gone in 15 minutes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it sucks. I, I, I hate it. I hate what the sneaker game has turned into. Uh, you can't. Uh, today, a pair of Jordan 4 Military Blues came out. They're golf shoes. They're literally golf shoes. Didn't you have were, like, like 20 people on yeah. the. Uh, 20 on people the sneakers on, app trying to get it for you? Yeah, 20 people on Twitter were all trying to get them for me, and not one person got them. Nope. And they're, they're golf shoes. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I got lucky the other day. On Friday, they restocked the University Blue Dunks, and I got I got a pair but for 100 bucks. But, I mean, they do, it doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen very often. Um Somebody said something in the chat. Not for, I wanted to. Where is it? 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 Uh, maybe, maybe I missed it. Um, yeah. Oh, here it is. Kanye ruined 3K's verse on Life of the Party. Arthur says. Okay, Kanye didn't ruin the verse. It is a great verse by Three Stacks. It is a beautiful, beautiful verse. But there's a reason why Kanye didn't release it. He didn't release it because he didn't he didn't think that it was up to snuff, and so he didn't want to put it out. He didn't want to be the guy that involves Andre three thousand in a beef, and instead Drake did. So that's the way it works. Uh, anything else in pop culture? Anything else we're missing? What are you watching right now, John? I'm watching Lasso, Ted Lasso season two. Yeah, watching that. Um, that's that's a great show. Holy it's shit, a that's a great show. show. A great show. Like he, he he's amazing. He's just such a, he's so great. Such a great character, such a great actor. It's perfect. Um watching watching that. And what else am I watching? Um All American getting caught up on that because they finally released the third season on uh on Netflix. I never had and it. then just dude, watch All American. Okay. Like I know I told you earlier to watch Warrior. Warrior is amazing. Like it great, great show if y'all haven't watched it. It's a uh it's a guy that really should should play like Bruce Lee in a biopic. Like really, really, really good martial arts uh television show. Um you should definitely watch that. But you would absolutely love All American. Like I'm okay. surprised you've not seen it. Show? You, it's um I think it's a CW show. Oh but Hard sell. Yeah, no, you say that, but just watch it. Okay. It's about I'm not I'm not it's about it's about football, but there's a lot of other things going on in it and it's it's a great show. Okay. Okay. Uh Toby. Uh Toby McGuire, luckily is one of our biggest fans and supporters, Spider Man. Uh says Drake album of the year, he'll die on that hill. I can literally name five albums better than the Drake album this year, off season. Donda, King's Disease 2, Tyler the Creator's album, and West Side Gun's new album that came out on Friday. All better than Certified Corny Boy. Um, all right. I'm trying to think. I guess that's it. Right? Anything else Texans related? Anything else? I think we've pretty much covered it all. 
Nope, I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. Um, well, with that being said, guys, I'm Young Ari Gold, signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will see you guys next week. Enjoy the game. Sit back, grab a beer, enjoy that you have football to watch, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week.